Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 118. In today's show, we're going to explore triggers, the different things in our environment that cause us to act in many different ways. Triggers can take many forms, both positive and negative, and completely reshape our thoughts and actions. By developing a deeper understanding of triggers, you can learn how to rethink your behavior and make better, more rational decisions. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, today we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, the concept of triggers. Triggers. We're not talking Roy Rogers here, are we? (laughs) No, we're talking about behavioral triggers. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing how diverse triggers can be and how invisible they can be also. Yeah, and I like your analogy really of thinking about Roy Rogers because it is almost like a gun, right? A trigger is something that stimulates you in an emotional way that sometimes you're not even aware of that can cause an immediate, almost visceral reaction that is quite frequently different than the behavior you'd like to display. From what I've read, it can be from any one of your senses, whether it's something visually see or you hear or that is part of an environment as far as something happening that you sense. And sometimes we don't even know that we're being triggered. And a big part of this is really comes from, you mentioned the environment and the things that are around us, right? So a lot of us in our homes or in our office, we have pictures of our family, friends, or maybe different activities and things we like, and they tend to trigger hopefully pleasant emotions. And that helps us create a positive environment for ourselves. But we don't realize sometimes how negative environments can affect us in the same way, but have a much different outcome on our behavior. My classics for the negative side extreme would be driving in traffic. There's a million triggers that can go off. You know, it's just fascinating. You know, the road rage thing, a lot of the people who they interview after road rage is they were kind of acting outside themselves. They were triggered so powerfully that they weren't really themselves. And when they step back and rationalize it, they can't. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I work a lot out of a home office, but I also, of course, am traveling frequently either to teach or to go to different events. And I find myself when I have a commute, especially if it's in traffic, a lot of times I'll listen to the radio. That's when I'll catch up on some news. And I have to tell you that I have found myself so frustrated and so amped up by the time I got somewhere and just filled with this negative emotion from battling the traffic and then also being bombarded with information that is not very pleasing at times. And I've had to really change my habits around what I listen to to help change that environment and keep me in the right frame of mind so that I don't get overwhelmed by just the trigger of being in intense traffic. And I thought I was the only one experiencing this. <laughs> I actually go without my radio on just to avoid it. And, you know, podcasts help a lot there to be able to choose what affects you. Let's talk about some of those triggers that we can apply into the business side. From a business standpoint, what's an example of something you've experienced that you find as a trigger for you? 
Well, I know that money in general can be a deep behavioral trigger, right? So anything around our attitudes towards money show up in so many different places in life. And one thing I've experienced with a lot of my clients, we spend a lot of time talking about this and trying to get them on the right track, is that just reviewing their financials can make them very, very emotionally uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little bit of the exposure and trust. For many business owners, this is profoundly personal. For others, it's not. And so that variable trigger and us as coaches sort of sensing and testing to understand how well they are attached or not to their financials and what's their attitude and what's their triggers. Yeah. And our natural tendency is to avoid painful stimulus, right? (laughs) Yeah. But we do this, this shows up in a lot of different ways. So a lot of times in our financials, when we explore them, Consciously, rationally, of course, we want to understand what's happening in the business, but sometimes there are other things in there that are hidden that we don't want to face, right? For instance, maybe our overhead is a little too high because we still employ a few family members and we're not exactly sure how they contribute to the bottom line and we try to push that off or bill them against a different part of the business in order to make ourselves feel more comfortable with it. And after a while, you're not even aware that you're doing that. It's kind of interesting. We talk about the conscious and unconscious triggers. And conscious triggers, of course, are ones that we're, we know right away we're reacting to it, either in a positive or negative way. An unconscious trigger is something that we need to all work on just to identify that it's happening is half the battle. Things come up that we react to. It's sort of that shoot, ready, aim, you know, getting the order wrong and trying to figure out what triggered us, backing up a bit, figuring out what was a negative stimulus for us, how did we react, what drew our adrenaline, and why are we at that moment that way? So once we've identified that, we've got something to work with. And have we tested it? Have we valued it? Yeah, that's that's such a good point, you know, and I think where this starts is really Taking some time to think back at different situations where you just haven't been at your best and understanding the thread, the similarities between what has caused that to take place. What was I feeling at that time? And also looking forward as you find yourself in different scenarios where maybe you lost your cool. What are you feeling? What, what is the underlying thing that's happening here? And how is that affecting the behavioral goal that you have? whether it's something around having a more regular exercise routine or being a better spouse or listening better when you're in meetings with your team, what's going on there that is causing you to struggle with that? What are the things that influence whether or not you achieve that goal? Yeah, as we mentioned, recognition's half the battle. And then figuring out, like we've been talking in other episodes regarding putting processes and procedures in place. I've been playing around in the medical environment, unfortunately, with some doctors. And it's fascinating how we connect different responses medically within our body and so forth, and things affect different things. Heart and lungs, heart and brain, example, come up continuously. And so dissecting and disconnecting a little bit this trigger from the actual reaction. Is there a process of evaluation before we actually go to action or no action? So disconnecting all of our triggers, first identifying them, then evaluating them to determine, are they working for you? Are they working for the people around you? 
Are they having the right response that you would like to have in regards to that trigger and your performance? And so testing each one of those triggers that you identify and seeing if the response is appropriate to your brand, to your ideology, to the processes and actions of the people you work with and converse with on a daily basis. That's such an important point, Craig. And, you know, it makes me think about some of the deeper triggers that we have. A perfect example that comes to mind for me is I am a recovering, chronically lateaholic. You know, in the family environment I grew up with, for various different reasons, At times it was chaotic, but we were always rushing to get somewhere. And I think it was my poor mom trying to manage, you know, three crazy kids and everybody's schedules, but it just felt like we were always late to everything or going to be late. And that shows up in a couple of ways for me. The first way it shows up is that I've had to learn over the years how to really construct my schedule in a way that will improve my chances of being early (laughs) or at worst right on time. But even so, I really have to build in mechanisms to allow myself to show up on time. And what triggers me to the core is when I've made a commitment to be somewhere on time and something happens that truly is beyond my control. And I just have all of these feelings of guilt and feelings about how I'm going to affect everyone else and how they're going to think that I don't care about them and I don't respect them. And it's so deep and it's so visceral that I actually find it'll almost shut me down completely. And I have to calm myself down and remember that, hey, it's okay. Sometimes things do happen that are beyond your control. And it's okay to send somebody a note and let them know what's going on or give them a call. And they won't think you're a bad person. (laughs) Instead of allowing myself to show up and be completely rattled and disheveled and then not even be able to think clearly once I get there. Yeah, you've developed a process in dealing with it. You have a logical order that you put to it. And that's really a great example from the standpoint of going through and evaluating what is working and what's not in regards to triggers. One of the items is self-talk. And how do we talk to ourselves when we're going through analyzing and changing our process or changing our reaction as a result of a certain trigger? And there was a recent book I was reading regarding just subtle differences in how we talk to ourselves provide major changes that normally wouldn't exist. What I mean is the studies show that if we talk in second or third person to ourselves, the effects are tremendously increased as far as our adaption of a new method or a new process or procedure that we're going to use in reaction to a trigger. So talking to yourself, you know, for me, I use my name. It makes me pay attention. You know, Craig, is this the best you can do? Craig, you really think this is the way we should do this? Or, Craig, remember, we're going to be doing this differently. So just a little side there to help in this process of reorienting yourself to the reaction to a particular trigger. You know, backing up a little bit, some of these triggers don't necessarily need to exist. And so we have to challenge those also. Cleaning house once in a while, challenging a trigger that we've noticed or recognized and pushing back. You may see triggers in other people, very easily identifiable, how they react. And then you have to look at yourself and decide, do I have this trigger? And how do I respond to it? And is it my best response to that particular trigger? All fascinating. I love it. 
Yeah, no, at the end of the day, it really relates to your behavior and your ability to make choices as to how you're going to react and how you show up. So a lot of the work that we do is really spent around helping people develop their personal leadership so that they can be better leaders of their organization and really achieve the things they want to achieve. And in doing so, triggers are foundationally what drive a lot of that behavior. So when we're trying to make these important changes, it comes down to identifying the changes that are most important to us and developing strategies, like you said, get the change that we really want. So let's talk about how you actually go about doing that and how you can tell if you're really making progress. One of them that I love as an example is a peer trigger. It's a text message notification on your phone. Mm. Clean and simple. And in one vein, it's a distraction. Another vein, it pulls all of our attention to it, where you have a choice now how you react to that trigger. You can totally ignore it. You can decide that, okay, noted, I'm going to come back to that after this other conversation or this task that I'm doing. I've noted it. I'll come back to it. Or batch them from the standpoint, I'll be looking at text messages in 15 minutes or 30 minutes from now. I'll look at it all then. So you're trying to evaluate what is your strategy in dealing with text messages, for an example. And everyone reacts differently. It's fascinating to watch how people deal with a text message notification. So using that example, perhaps the behavior change that you're trying to achieve is to stay more focused, right, on the strategic work that you want to do. And part of that is minimizing interruptions. So you identify, okay, what are the kinds of ways I get interrupted? Obviously, email is a very popular one if you allow it to be, and text messages, as you said, also, right? So you know that you're going to get those randomly. So developing a strategy around that comes first, like you just talked about, Craig, right? Yeah, it's clearing the air as far as what is the interruption, what is the trigger that's being hit, and what is my response? And challenging that response, is this the best response? And optimizing each one of your reactions to each one of the triggers. We've been pretty much talking about potentially negative triggers. And of course, there are positive triggers also. And the ones that we find in the largest quantity in business tend to be negative ones. And so we want to get those really right. So as Shai, you're saying, you know, identifying them and really evaluating them. And are we doing the best that we can do in reaction to that trigger? What's the best strategy and what is the best processes we put in place for addressing that trigger? And tuning it, try it out, experiment. Let me react this way. Let me act, react that way. What's the optimum? And adopt it, utilize it, and then test it again later to see, is it really holding up? Is it part of my brand and part of the operational environment I want for my business? So Craig, let's talk a little bit then about how you actually track making progress on different behavior change. So let's say you've identified a trigger something that takes you away from the habit that you want to achieve. So as we were talking about just distraction, managing distraction. So you've identified whether it's text messages or emails or phone calls that distract you during times where you really want to remain focused. And now you've developed some strategies around that. How do we go about measuring our progress? One of the biggest benefits of having some trusted advisors close to us is they're able to give us feedback. We can sort of look at our responses and test it ourselves, but we're probably not going to see it with the best lens. 
So having outside feedback is probably one of the best mechanisms to give some feedback of how it's being received, how it's being observed, and the tuning can take place after that. Yeah. And, you know, Marshall Goldsmith, who, of course, wrote a book on triggers, and a lot of these ideas and concepts we're outlining today, he does this routine that he's done his entire career. Now, this is a guy who has basically founded the industry of leadership coaching. So he's considered one of the most relevant and important leadership coaches on the planet. And he still, after all these years, has a routine where he speaks with someone daily who challenges him, asks him questions on a scorecard that he has created for himself. And they're very basic questions. Things like, did you do your best to set yourself some clear goals for today? And so in this case, like we're talking about, it could be a question around whatever the behavior change is that you'd like to make, right? So let's say that you're tracking staying more focused, avoiding distraction. So you could have, as one of the things that you want to keep score of, did I do my best to maintain my focus today? Did I do my best to avoid distraction today? And then you track that and you give yourself a little score. At the end of the day, you reflect and think, you know, how well did I do at that? And of course, in his case, just like you pointed out, he has a good sounding board that checks in with them so they can have a discussion around it. Because what it does is it drives the unconscious into your conscious mind. It increases your awareness around the intentions that you have so that you don't become a victim of some of these triggers and have them prevent you from making the changes that you really want to make. It's one level to be able to look and self-analyze where you are in relation to your responses to triggers and what triggers you have. Having an outside trusted entity, like we've been saying, is something that's invaluable to be able to really give you some new insight that you're just not hearing, seeing, feeling, touching, all of these things. You're missing some of them. Those are the unconscious ones that can drive us crazy because they'll surprise us when they're identified and we want to change them. Or some of them we're very excited about. We didn't realize because we're so close to it. So it's amazing what can be accomplished. And like you're saying, it's something that's iterative. It's something you have to come back over and over again, test and evaluate and get feedback, set a plan in place to change the behaviors, change the reactions and responses, and get some feedback on how you're doing on implementing those. A great process, something you get to use over and over again for the rest of your days. And the key is, is understanding that these are part of a journey. It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm all done. I've conquered all my triggers and I'm now behave like a perfect sentient being. You know, <laughs> that's just not the way it works. This is all a higher journey towards performing at your highest level and really being your best self. And so the more that we can come aware and build some structure into what we're doing and reduce interference and engage ourselves through these questions, the self-questioning. Am I doing my best to move forward here? How did this go for me today? And really tracking it, like you said, enlisting others to help support the changes we're trying to make and keeping track. Those are really the keys to helping us move forward. And remember, the journey is where the fun is. So keep it going. <laughs> no doubt. And it's either that or you live like an ostrich with your head in the sand. But you're going to have a difficult time getting the things you really want out of life, you know, if that's the path you take. 
So now that we've covered all of this, I have to say, let's talk about one of my favorite positive triggers, puppy dogs. (laughs) It's amazing. A positive trigger that just really brings back so much positive smiles and energies and so forth. Those you want to be aware of too. Positive triggers that give you some really great feelings, some great energy, breaks up your day. And be aware of those triggers. Be aware of what gives you positive inspiration, positive thoughts. These are great triggers. And how you react to those triggers also helps you in the designing of all your triggers responses. So be on the lookout for those. Yeah, and we see there's been a lot of success using that example of companies that have relaxed some rules on bringing animals into the workplace because of the positive emotional triggers they can have on the environment and the people around them. Now, obviously, to some, they might not have positive association with animals. But I think what you're identifying is really important. You know, the more that we can pick up on what's happening in our culture, And what are the things that give us positive experience and can brighten the environment for others and put them in a strong mental state? All of those things can help improve our business as well as our personal goals. Well, thank you for joining us once again in our conversation today. You know, the topic of triggers is explored in depth by Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Ryder in the book Triggers, Creating Behavior That Lasts, Becoming the Person You Want to Be. And you know, it sounds great on audiobook. And through our relationship with audible.com, you can get a free copy of this book and a 30-day free trial in our show notes at businessownersradio.com, where you will also find links to the book on Amazon. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.